We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We're live. Welcome to the RG DFS Tournament Takes Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Kirkwood. Kirk D's here with my two boys, uh, Tyler Tambaline, uh, Toe Tag and Tambo, everybody knows him as, and Killaby2482, Brett Hartfield, uh, making uh, his uh, appearance after a, a good week that we'll get into later. But uh, what's, what's happening, guys? Week two, how did uh, week one go for you? Not bad. I mean, it was a, a little bit of a frustrating week one. A few things broke our way. A few things didn't. So it wasn't the overall best week for me. I had a couple shots in the qualifiers. Uh, you know, I stone bubbled the 1K over guaranteed overlay. So that sucked. But uh, yeah, overall, made a lot of right, right calls. I think the good news is, though, with week two is we can, and we're going to get into it, but you get to sort of double down on some of these takes, whereas most will just completely abandon everything because it didn't work out in week one so be a good conversation this week when we get into it yeah man it was uh you know it was sure nice seeing the teams back out on the gridiron gridiron over the weekend uh lucky for us that was just week one uh there's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings the leader in one day fantasy sports to add to this week's excitement DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs uh if you haven't tried DraftKings yet Head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup now and feel the sweat like never before. Uh, every run, pass, catch means more with DraftKings. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Uh, nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million, millions of dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. 
Uh, download the DraftKings app now and use code GRIND for a limited time now. New users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on week two action. Enter, enter code GRIND, G-R-I-N-D, to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code GRIND, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Uh, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, my week, my week one was actually all right. Um, I actually got on um, a lot of the guys that I talked about, uh, you know, in our pod. It was a lot of Devonte Adams, pretty strong with him, um, you know, and just kind of built built around uh, a really good group of uh, core guys. Um, Josh Jacobs uh, obviously uh, did really well. These guys were pretty chalky, you know. I mean, it wasn't like I was doing anything too crazy, and I you know, correlated pretty well in the, uh, the Raiders Colts, uh, uh, game, which kind of went off. So, uh, yeah. And then like, even at, at tight end kind of stayed, stayed, uh, strong with, uh, Mark Andrews in a lot of spots. So, uh, definitely, definitely helped me, uh, to get over the cash line. A lot of like top, top 5%, top 1% lineups, uh, in tournaments. So it's definitely a good week for me. Uh, I play on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, and, you know, went three for three, so I can't complain, uh, you know, in week one. Nice. Yeah, um, I had an interesting week, so I made some mistakes. Um, my uh, thought process was great. Um, however, I uh, made some mistakes with a CSV error on uh, Yahoo, where I, so I got stuck with 150 of the same lineup uh, right at lock. Uh, I, don't I can relate. Some crazy things happen. I'm not, I'm the craziest part about this. And I'm, this is not a lie. Uh, I was, um, well, my, my CSVs were like just named crazy things that like, I definitely didn't name and like things like just went like haywire and I had no idea how it happened. It actually, uh, actually I shouldn't even say it, but, um, anyway, so I, long story short, I made a mistake there. Uh, luckily it ended up cashing. I ended up getting there in that one lineup. Uh, oh, so you did a 150 person train just all Yeah, um, ended up getting there with Zeke uh, at the end of the night. So, um, and I thought the slate was going terrible. So I ended up having a really big, uh, good week on Yahoo. Um, and uh, on DraftKings, I made a mistake as I was all about Josh Allen. Told, said it on the show last week, whatever. Yeah. Um, and um, I had the perfect lineup made, right? So I had Josh Allen to John Brown to Diggs with Crowder coming back. Okay. And I actually had Devontae Adams in the flex spot um, nice. for all receivers. And I, I changed it. I, I only ended up going to Diggs, Diggs and Brown and uh, ended up putting Austin Eckler in there. And that not only – so it ended up being good. I scored like 185 with like a horrible yep. game from Austin Eckler. Um, but, uh, it, and I ended up changing my main GPP line to something stupid last minute. I ended up going with like, uh, Lamar to Marquise Brown to with, o, with Odell coming back, which was just dead. Um, and so, uh, I cost myself a lot of money. My cash, I did well, but, uh, other than that, I mean, it was a really, it was a solid week. The plays were on point. Like, uh, I was happy that Josh Allen came through. I just made some mistakes. I'm going to spend more time this weekend. I have like all night tonight and uh, tomorrow budgeted to, to get my groups right and settings right and everything for uh, 
to get multi-entering down because it's, you know, it's, it's a challenge when you get, you know, right into the season. But um, anyway, so mistakes were made, but I'm going to build off of it. I still had a profitable week other than for the fact that the Celtics just buried me the last uh, two nights. And uh, <laughs> I'm, now I need to make it back this weekend. Um, oh, let's get it. Let's get it. All right. So week two. So to me, this week is all about overreactions, right? Like, we've got a ton of injury news and stuff's popping up as we speak here today, we're getting reports. So we do have a lot of stuff that we'll, we'll get into, but um, there's definitely going to be like, so we've got one week of data, right? Like one week of games played. So everybody's going to be biased by what happened. Right. Like, so like uh, people that like stand out immediately just to like prove the concept of this is like Christian Kirk had a absolutely did nothing. Right. I think he got like five targets and no production last week. So everyone's like, he's done. He's done. Right. Like this is all about Deandre Hopkins. So I think we're going to have like situations like that all over the place to be able to capitalize from a tournament perspective. I don't, I'm sure you guys have some thoughts on that too, as well. Um, we do have uh, 13 games we've got um, already, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of uh, people are talking up the, the Falcons Cowboys and for good reason, it's got the highest total 54 point total opened at 51. Uh, it's moving. Everyone's expecting a shootout. Um, and uh, we probably, there's going to be a lot of points scored and probably a lot of uh, DFS production, but there's probably some contrarian ways we can attack that. Um, we also have plenty of other options, right? We've got, let's just look down the list from a total standpoint. We've got Lamar um, against Deshaun Watkins and Texans. Um, uh, 50 point total. We've got uh, Mahomes. Nobody, nobody's talking about the Chiefs, right? Like everyone's overlooking the Chiefs, right, against the Chargers, and that's more so probably because people think that's just they're gonna walk right through the Chargers because Ty, Tyrod played so terribly last week. But you know, this is Mahomes who can certainly light it up. Um, then there's a, a game that interests me uh, is the Arizona Cardinals game against uh, the Washington Football Team. Um, where, uh, you know, Arizona looked really good and both teams are playing at a super fast pace um, and especially Arizona, but Washington is no longer that slow plotting pace team that we were used to from last season. They completely changed that under uh, Ron Rivera. So that's interesting. Um, then we've got uh, Colts uh, in a 48 and a half point total with the Vikings, but we've got a real super chalk play in that game. And then um, another game that stands out to me that I think that's going to go overlooked is uh, the Rams uh, against the Eagles, you know, two offenses that like to pass. Right. And uh, the total is a little low 45 and a half, but I think that game could have some sneaky shootout potential. And then there's like a bunch of games that I'm really not that interested in, except for maybe let's maybe the, the bucks against the the Panthers with uh, Tom Brady uh, you know, tough week for the washed uh, the ex-patriots, um, Gronk, Brady, and uh, mainly Gaskowski, who uh, really looked uh, pathetic. But, uh, you know, Brady made some good throws, um, and uh, he made some bad throws. But uh, he gets a nut matchup this week with the Panthers. And then uh, Aaron Rodgers. Brett can uh, talk about that since uh, he's, a, he's a Packer fan, but he uh, showed us that he's not – He's, he's still here, right? He came out. Dude, of, he looks so good. So precise. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got options all over the place. We've got chalk running back, but big picture overview. How's this slate looking to you, Tambo? 
I think you talked about a lot of it there. Lots of lots of game stacks. My quarterback pool, when we get to that, is way too large right now, which, you know, thinking about stacking and how I'm going to go about it. But I think a couple of things that you noted that I want to point out. One is, you know, obviously the overreactions. Everyone's going to talk about that. But what I also would blend in with it is that with all the injury news, and we'll go through some of them when we get to, you know, the positions and why we're on certain guys and certain stacks, uh, all that injury stuff is almost going to take over. Everyone's all about, you know, what, what have you done for me lately? Or, you know, the latest thought on their mind. And all their notifications right now are about injuries and who you can sub in because of that. Like if this guy's out, it means this guy versus thinking about it as far as a leverage situation would go. And then, of course, you've got the chalk plays that we're going to get into, like you mentioned, with like a guy like Jonathan Taylor on how can you just leverage that game. Uh, Dallas, Atlanta, I love, but I think it's going to be extremely popular and, and I think for good reason I think that's one with a lot of pace a lot of action hard to see it not going over so you know you say that and then it does but I'll, I'll, there's different ways to get unique within that but I'm certainly going to be looking to go back to some of the guys like you mentioned that we didn't talk about uh, you know that or that people aren't talking about that we talked about last week even you know some crazy ones you mentioned uh, the Rams and the Eagles that would be a spot where like what about going back to Deshaun Jackson, you know, or, or what about going to Antonio Gibson for Washington in that game? You know, where, where just everyone's going to be off the guys that we were all over last week. I think there's going to be certainly some room to uh, go back to those guys and make your lineups unique just in that way while still using some of these injury plugins and chalkier plays and getting unique in those stacks and spots for those spots. What about you, Brett? Yeah, I mean, I think this week is all about uh... – all the, all the main injuries. Um, I would normally be right on board with you guys saying the overreactions, but I think, I think with all these uh, injuries, it's going to open up a ton of usage for, uh, for quite a few players. So I think, I think just getting the value wide receivers right is going to be a big part of this uh, slate. Um, You know, I I don't think we're going to have too much value now at the running backs, Uh, running backs. There's, there's not really a, a, a guy under 5K that's going to be popular whatsoever. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be definitely uh, getting it right at uh, wide receiver value this week to pay up uh, for, for the studs in other areas. So um, I still like a, a few bounce back spots uh, in running backs and wide receivers that didn't come through in week one that I think uh, you should still have uh, some percentage of in week two. Um, and just to make it a little bit different, like, again, paying up at wide receiver this week is going to be very contrarian with all these value wide receivers going to be popping in projection models. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get this out of the way now. So let's, I'm just going to highlight some of the injury news that we're working with here on Friday. Um, and, uh, AJ Brown out. So that's a big one, right? Like these are, yeah, this is Friday at three Oh two. This is, this is number one wide receiver. So that's big. Um, we already, you know, Derek Henry is already getting a lot of love as it is. Just um, would make sense that they even lean on him more. But there's uh, some pass catching options in that game. Um, you, you know, uh, Corey Davis um, and and some others and John U. Smith. There's so there's there's ways to play that. Um, how are we looking on Kenny Galladay? Uh, kind of Galladay was just ruled out. As just ruled talking. out. Yeah, all right. And and Lindsay, Lindsay as expected, but you just talked about running backs in the 5K range. And now Melvin Gordon was, you know, sort of in the talks, but now it's official. So we expected that, but it's just another piece. Um, Another big one stands out. Chris Godwin is looking dicey, looking doubtful to play with the concussion protocol. Um, So uh, obviously, you know, the first thought there would be Mike Evans, but other ways to play it. Then um, 
George Kittle uh, got banged up last week um, with his uh, the same knee, right? Like that, he's, it seems like he's just it's a recurring, constant thing. Um, maybe he plays. I don't know what what's the late. You guys have any latest on him? I believe we have questionable on him still. He's like I one of the questionable. I think they're saying it like he could play, but like it just makes sense from a, um, a standpoint. Like they're playing the the Jets, like who are just a train wreck and awful. Like they they shouldn't be risking. Yeah. I don't know him why they would much. risk him. They should just take him out and, and put Reed in. So that could be something that could be like a, a late, you know, that could be late news on uh, that that we wouldn't find out until game time on uh, Sunday. Um, but uh, something to monitor or speculate on. Then there's uh, James Conner was looking like he wasn't going to play early in the week. Now he's fully a go. Um, Jamison Crowder is out, right? Mm-hmm. That is correct. Uh, and some other news from there. I mean, Jack Doyle is out. That's about it. And Cortland Sutton's a game time decision. That's pretty much it for the, we got other news like Gerald Everett and, um, Things like a lot of secondary pieces like Justin Jackson's ruled, uh, or he's actually doubtful. Um, Pittman, uh, the wide receiver three for the Colts is out, so yeah, Everett, who you mentioned, I think is an interesting one just because we like that game. We, well, you mentioned it, I've mentioned it already, so I think that's a spot where a guy like Higby was already something and now he could be more, right? And it it doesn't look like it's gonna be extremely high owned or anything. Yep, um, so that's uh, there's a lot of news to digest, but let's uh, let's start it off at the running back position how we're going to attack this because right off the bat uh, this, this is our chalky play of the day. And, and, you know, usually running back chalk is, is pretty good. And there's a reason why it's uh, running back uh, chalk. Now I, I'm not sure how you guys uh, attacked Jacobs last week. Finally, at the end of the week, did you guys both, uh, were you guys heavy on uh, Jacobs? Yeah, I, I was definitely heavy on him in all formats. So yeah, I used them in tournaments more and not in my single build, hence why I said I stone cold bubbled the 1K. So that one hurt a little bit. I just didn't like using the two of them in the same game to get an upside you know, situation out of it where they both go off completely. But I guess you know, for higher dollars, smaller field, I could have you know, looked at that after and said it was a mistake. So, But there was other options to use last week, and we're going to be in the same situation here when we get into it about you know, Jonathan Taylor. But then there's so many. There's actually a lot of other options, I think, this week that you can use at both high and low, like you said uh, earlier, Brett, with the wide receivers, a chance to pay up at running back now because you can get all these values or you can go contrarian to that and go the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's talk about Taylor. So Taylor's an athletic freak. We know that. The guy just looks like an absolute beast. He looked amazing when he was on the, on the field. Um, he wasn't really on the field in the, in the very beginning of the game until uh, Marlon Mack got, got injured. But uh, this is a guy that was drafted in the second round supposed to have a big season um, was going to likely take over the Colts uh, valuable backfield, even with a healthy Marlon Mack, at least that's what was projected of him. Right. And well, what happened? First game Mack gets injured out for the season, uh, anoints uh, Taylor as the guy um, forces him into significant playing time. Now there is uh Naheem Hines and also uh, Jordan Wilkins, but all indications are that this is Taylor's backfield now. And what was the main concern with uh, Taylor? We know that he's explosive in the run game. Everyone wondered about whether he'd be using the passing game. Right. But I think we got an answer to that. He got six targets, six catches, 67 yards, and just a little over two quarters of play. Uh, last week, Philip Rivers loves to target the RB. 
Um, so this kind of sets up as a dream scenario for, for uh, this explosive back that gets to run behind like the most elite offensive line in, in the NFL. So, man, it's tough to fade him at 5,700 um, in a matchup against Minnesota. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, uh, I'm actually surprised how much they decided to pass uh, last week with that offensive line versus Jacksonville. Um, but, yeah, they definitely um, – they, they, they slung it around quite a bit, at least Phillip Rivers, uh, to the running backs. I think they get back to um, running quite a bit here, and that's going to be Jonathan Taylor, quite a, uh, you would think, uh, toting the rock um, a decent amount. I don't know what you think the, the splits will be, but, I, I mean, I would, I would think like two-thirds of the carries should go to Jonathan Taylor's way. Um, Naheem Hines has always been kind of just a back that they've used in third down or passing, uh, passing downs. So, um, I, I think Taylor's a, a reasonable play. Uh, I don't know how much I would have him in tournaments, to be honest with you. Uh, I do like other 5K guys in and around him. Um, but, yeah, I, I like him. You know, But I'm going to want to also have exposure in other teammates uh, in Indy. So. What about you, uh, Tambo? Yeah, a couple things on that. So, you know, kind of what Brett just said, but at the same time. So I'm not really super high on him in tournaments, but if I do use him in tournaments, and when I do, I should say, because I will use some, it is I like to pair him up with – Philip Rivers, you already mentioned that, the idea behind him using it. I mean, um, Aaron Rodgers just ripped this team last week, shredded them, right? So it's not mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, Philip Rivers is not Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, by any means. But I'm saying, you know, the opportunity's there. Back at home, we're going to get to wide receiver, but he's got guys like T.Y. Hilton. If Pittman's out, who is only a wide receiver three, it opens up spots for a guy like Naheem Hines, who got eight targets, eight catches last week. I know, um, you know, uh, Jonathan Taylor got catches as well and, and targets and made catches as well. But I'm saying I would use him more like that. I, when I'm on a guy like this, that's chalk, like you said, already good, you know, running back chalk tends to be the best chalk. I'm still going to try and mix it up in a different way than what the field's doing with it. And I could see running some stacks. I know I'm getting, you know, putting the card ahead here, but I could do some stacks with him or I can just go against it and use the, the passing side of the game. But I think he would still be involved in it. If Pittman's out, I do kind of like, Naheem Hines even more, just because I think they'll use him still in different ways. I mean, he got seven carries and eight and eight targets last week. It's not like they weren't using him already, and now if they got to use him to shift things around, I think you could get a little bit of a game going here. And like you said, it's one of those totals, Kirk, that's kind of like not near the popularity of Washington, Arizona, or Dallas, Atlanta, but it's still got a pretty decent total there, and it's not really the best of teams right now at least. And you can there's some guys you can run it back with, a guy like Thielen, things like that. So if you want to use just a secondary stack, with him, I would do it with Thielen and run Taylor and Thielen, but I, I like mixing it up. Yeah, uh, I'm probably going to – I want I, – I love Jonathan Taylor. I was huge on him in best ball, um, and so I, I have to play this guy. Um, this is like – he's like – I just – So you just back looked, forward it then. Like it, was, uh, it was looking like it was a bad pick uh, in the beginning here. No, it just for one quarter. Yeah. It, wasn't ex- it just – I wasn't expecting it uh, so early. Um, but uh, – so I got to back my guy. I think he's an athletic freak and this is, I just have to back him. And I, I just think, you know, Minnesota's rush defense is nothing elite by any uh, measure. They've given up plenty of production constantly um, to now. Yes. Uh, their secondary got torched and it's uh, more so because they're probably young and uh, it's tough getting these, all these guys to gel. So I think they're, they can exploit that, but like, I don't know if uh, Rivers is 
going to need to really exploit that or he exploit that. And he, if he's the guy to really to air it out, um, I think there's going to be plenty of passes and plenty of running back passes for sure. And I think game script is probably going to play a, a point in this one, but at least the, the Colts are favored, but like, I just see monster upside. And like, if this guy, if he's getting passing work and if he's like their bell cow, uh, main running back behind this line. I just, and he's 5,700. I just can't see him failing. So I'm just going to plant my flag. And I'm going to, I'm going to eat this chalk. Now I get it. And there's ways to leverage it, right? Like we can just immediately talk about it with wide receiver, right? You can go to T Y Hilton. You can go to Paris Campbell, who's uh, um, who looked awesome um, last week and uh, definitely had a connection with uh, rivers. So um, there's ways to do that. And I get it. And, you know, every, you, T.Y. Hilton, I think, is a great GPP play because, you know, we do want him at home where he can bust those massive uh, plays inside the dome. But, like, man, I, I'm going to eat this chalk, so I'm going to I'm gonna differentiate elsewhere. Um, but uh, there are plenty of other plays, right? Like Kenyon Drake. Yeah, yeah we, got, we have Jonathan Taylor at Roto-Grinders right now at 36.6%. Um, seems pretty high. I think with all this new wide receiver um, – Injury news, it's going to pump up the likes of Derrick Henry and Ezekiel, maybe more. And then Jonathan Taylor might actually lower a little bit, I think, um, because you can go so dirt cheap at wide receiver now. Uh, it's going to allow you to get the, you know, the studs in more likely. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 36.6 seems pretty high. But, yeah, agree with all, all the uh, points that you made. Uh, huge, huge advantage with the offensive line versus Vikings D-line. Um, and I was alluding to it just from a, like, uh, same price range. Like, so like Kenyon Drake is a obvious pivot, you know, he's just 200 more mm-hmm. at 5,900 in the same range. David Johnson, um, you know, with, a with a banged up, uh, Duke Johnson, um, you know, David Johnson looked good, um, in a tough game against the chiefs, you know, tough game script for him, but like, he looked good to me. Um, got, uh, four targets, you know, only uh, three receptions, 32 yards, but like the op, you could tell that their opportunity was going to be there for him going forward. And uh, with Duke Johnson hobbled, um, although maybe he, he's on track to play potentially at this point, um, but uh, I don't see him being much of a factor. So I can get that play. Um, although it's a, it's a tough matchup. Um, and Melvin Gordon um, was looking better with uh, Philip Lindsay out, but like really, the pit D is like monster this season. Right. And like, they just Saquon couldn't do anything. And I'm legitimately, he couldn't do anything. Um, what did, uh, I just want to pull up his, his uh, stats last week. Um, you know, Saquon 15 rushing attempts, six yards against the Steelers D um, mm-hmm. now. the And it was just, it was just mind blowing to watch them continually try to run on it when you knew it wouldn't work. And like the only avenue for success for him was going to be in like, well, you know, like the screen game and then the passing game. And once they went to that, like it did open up, he did have uh, six receptions for 60 yards. I think that's the ticket for, uh, for uh, Gordon to get there. So I'm not sure how much Lindsay really affects that anyway um, this week. So I think he's going to be much lower owned now. So maybe that's uh, something to, to get on, but um yeah, let's just talk about it. Zeke is just – he. I mean, I love Zeke this week. I mean, and you have to love Henry too. I mean, both of these guys, what are the odds that Zeke and Henry fail this week? 
Tambo, how are you approaching it with these guys? Yeah, I'm in on both of them. I got them both start up. Again, I know they'll be a little bit chalky, but there's certainly ways you can mix and match them. You can use just one or the other. Uh, you know, I'm really letting more of, and I know we're not at quarterback yet, and I keep putting it ahead, but it's more of that is what is dictating the flow. And then sort of to Brett's point earlier, is I do like a lot of these higher-end wide receivers this week versus all the values. So it looks like for me it'll mostly only be, you know, one of Henry or Zeke in the lineup at a time. If I'm setting up a group on lineup HQ or anything like that, that's sort of how I'll look at that because I think they'll be together quite a bit with all these value receivers and it'll automatically set me up for unique lineups in that sense. And then the other side of it is just, you know, if I'm doing like a three max or single entry high dollar or something like that, then yeah, I'll put them together because like you said, it's very hard to imagine that they completely fail and they don't have to beat, you know, a hundred thousand or 200,000 people in a tournament. So I'm not as concerned, but yeah, in a, in a large, in large field stuff and it's Tony takes podcast, I'm probably going to separate the two, but I think it's because they're too hard to pick one or the other. Uh, the only thing I do wonder, and maybe Brad, I'll get your take, is you know Zeke and his popularity and how good he looks. And man, he looks good and all the stuff that he can do, passing game, using him more, letting Dak go a little bit with him. Uh, but then everyone loves the passing side of that game. So you know, and then the, on vice versa on that, you've got now all these Tennessee guys with AJ Brown out that we're going to get to when we get to wide receiver with Davis and Humphreys and Jonu Smith at tight end and all this stuff. You know, which one do you like to leverage more, I guess, is the question between the two of them, because the passing games definitely have some stuff to talk about with these running backs. Right. And both both of the teams, I mean, Dallas and Tennessee are are missing pieces uh, for a week, too. Right. So, I mean, no Jarwin that that makes me think like, hey, they may lean towards Zeke more uh, in, in the run game or even the pass game in the, in the red zone. So, um yeah, I, I like both, obviously. Uh, Derrick Henry just seems like a total smash. Like, I mean, he should lead this uh, week in carries. Um, I'm kind of concerned that they gave him already 31 carries in week one. Um, normally, we haven't seen Derrick Henry get anywhere north of, like, 20 touches consistently until December. Um, so with week one, them giving him 31 totes, it's just like, how long is this guy going to survive uh, touching the ball 30 plus times. But I think if there's a spot where they do it again, it's, it's this one right here. Um, nice to see that he actually got three targets in the past game too, uh, which, you know, being without uh, AJ Brown, they're, they're going to have to lean, you know, possibly a little bit more on Derrick Henry in the past game. So uh, yeah, lo- love the spot. No, no other running back got a carry in Tennessee. So I probably lean a little bit more uh, on liking Derrick Henry um, than uh, Zeke, just because I feel like I can get way more exposure to other pieces in Dallas uh, through the wide receivers, uh, where I'm not as confident in the, the Tennessee receivers. So, But before Kirk responds, I just want to say that's, you know, I'm the opposite because of what you just said. And that's, it's not a bad thing. It just says exactly what I'm thinking is I'm liking setting up a Tennessee stack because everyone, you know, struggles to pick between Davis, Humphreys, you know, anybody over there. So they'll just say, let's, let's lean on Derek, on D Henry, but I, I might set up in like a single entry or three max with a Tennessee stack, uh, bring it back the other way and then use Zeke in that stack. Since everybody loves Judy Cooper Gallup, all the conversations around those guys, even here in Dalton Schultz, Schultz be talked about. So yeah, I like your take. I'm just saying that's another way to be different is to set it up the other side. And that's kind of why I said, I like having them separated in something like that. And then I don't know if you talked about Barkley, maybe Kirk can chime in, but Barkley's right there. And then CMC, nobody is talking about, and he's the same price as last week. I know it didn't get the targets we thought, but he still had two touchdowns and panned out decent for his, for his numbers overall. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
I mean, I don't, the, the way I look at this slate is like, I don't even care if I play Zeke and Henry together. And even if I play Jonathan Taylor with them, like in the flex and cause like, there's so many ways to get different. Like there's just too many wide receiver plays. Ownership mm-hmm. cannot be that crazy, right? Like there's going to be so many ways to get, to get to differentiate and uh, the range and outcomes and all these guys are massive on, in the wide receiver game. Um, I don't think the range of outcomes is that massive when you're talking about Zeke and Derrick Henry um, in these matchups, especially with like AJ Brown out, like you said, like, right. And they're playing, they're playing Jacksonville, right? Like they're not going to, it's going to be successful when they run, right? Like they're not going to stop Henry. So like, it just seems like can't lose except like if he gets injured or something um, to me. Anyways, but um, there are other plays I like, and I do want some exposure elsewhere. Um, and uh, I'll get into some of those. I think Saquon is interesting. Um, I think you know they're gonna gonna have to. He's gonna he's gonna be out of favor after the the rough game against Pittsburgh, and it's a game that you know everyone looks at that that's gross because everyone you know values the the Bears defense, but like he should be able to, he should, they're going to have to lean on him all game and he should have much more success against this defense on the ground and, uh, and in the running back pass. So I like that. Um, there's other plays like Ronald Jones who look to be the, the guy now, you know, people can talk about Fournette, Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't really see them pushing Fournette much. Um, I don't think he's that good. So uh, Ronald Jones, the guy, um, I think, you know, especially because of the matchup against Carolina, which is also a little worrisome because like Tom, like it was funny watching Brady in his first drive where they looked great, right? Like he hit, he hit Godwin on a great pass. And then uh, he did his uh, QB sneak and he was all amped up and, you know, just yelling. And then, and then uh, reality set in afterwards, but like, so he's going to want to have a much better performance. The, the, the whole team is going to want him to have a much better performance and it's there for the taking against Carolina, right? Like they should be able to do what they want. So maybe this is another like a pass heavy game, but if it's not, and if they want to go the easiest path, Ronald Jones could have a big game. Um, in my opinion. Now, uh, David Montgomery is someone that interests me. Like nobody's going to want to, want to play him this giants d is not very good but this is a guy who you know came in with some question marks from from injury through from his groin um last week but uh did get 13 rushing attempts um and you know he plays well when they're ahead and this is you know they could very easily be ahead in this game throughout the game and lean on him and he could see 20 plus uh touches with uh some good red zone equity um and uh, no one's going to have him. And he, he's in that range too. So, and then there's like Tambo said, Antonio Gibson, we can go back to that. I think, I think that's going to be a, a sneaky game um, in general. Um, I don't know who else, like where else are there? Who are, Miles Sanders, Brett, any interest? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just based upon uh, coach speak right now, where you think Sanders, if, if he gets full workload, I'm probably at the point where I'm just wait and see uh, with Miles. I'm not strong on him now unless, like, I hear something very strong um, out of, like, how they want to utilize him. I think you hit on my guy, though, Ronald Jones. That, that 
This is a guy that at RG we have at 6.2% uh, ownership. And, I mean, he, he got 20 opportunities last week. And Fournette, what did Fournette have? Like five carries. And McCoy was dust. So, yeah, this is a spot at 5,200. If Jonathan Taylor is going to be 36%, I mean, I want to go for at least 4X over uh, with Ronald Jones. Like, I, I'd like to have like 25% of Ronald Jones. Um, we see that Carolina can't stop anybody on the ground. And, you know, questionable, questionable through the air, um, going to be without one of their, uh, you know, maybe their, their stud wide receiver. Obviously, Godwin's already ruled out. Uh, this just sets up really nice for Ronald Jones. So, yeah, give me all the Ronald Jones. I'm not there with you on David Montgomery, just not a believer in his, uh, his talent. Um, but probably, probably willing to spend up. Uh, on, on certain guys uh, at running back, like uh, uh, going back to Cl- uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Delvin Cook. Um, but, yeah, kind of shine away from these other other guys. Um, David Johnson I could see having a, a small percentage. Uh, but nothing else. Uh, really strong on Ronald Jones, though. That's, that's kind of where I stand. Uh, what do you think about that uh, tag? I'm thinking a couple things, you know, one, we're on some of the opposite stuff this week, but I, you know, I do like Ronald Jones quite a bit. I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on uh, CEH going back to the well there. I think that could be interesting in a game that they should just tear up. Like you said, I'm not as high on this Mahomes thing, but it's more to do with price and the cost of the stack and everything. You just like, I know you could fit it in with some of the values now, so I could see it working, but uh, I'm, I'm with Kirk on David Montgomery. I think we all wanted to play Connors last week, right? And that didn't work out, but Snell did damage. Uh, against this team you got you know now Chicago at home good game script game flow he got quite a few carries a couple tar you know a few targets last week so I think at you know 5600 he's going to make for a unique pivot as well off of Jonathan Taylor so uh, I do like him in tournaments with your call there and then I'm probably more apt like I said just to get up to uh, you know playing some of these guys like Barkley or McCaffrey in some of my tournament lineups just because right if if people aren't going to play them and the you know for a guy like Barkley, it's $200 more than Zeke, you know, a little bit more than Henry, 500 bucks more, but you mean you can play these guys and get the, they basically have the same idea or the same script and I wouldn't use them in a lineup with Montgomery, but definitely be in on Barkley. And then lastly, with you on the Ronald Jones take, not going to repeat everything, but like you said, with the, what we saw out of Jacobs, I think they're not going to go hard with Fournette out of the gate. Maybe whether, like you said, maybe he's not good, but at the same time, maybe they're also just trying to hang on to him a little bit just to see what they can get out of him. But Ronald Jones looked fine. And with no Godwin, should get even more pass catching going. You know, Brady was liking him. So I think we can go back to him for sure. And I would definitely take him over Melvin Gordon at the same price. Yeah. And uh, just looking at, you know, like you, you touched on a good point there with my Montgomery, um, that uh, Snell, 113 yards against the the Giants, right? Like, so this is certainly a game where he can, he can find the uh, – the end zone and go for over a hundred yards rushing. Um, I, I also don't think Chicago wants to rely on that bailout, the plan that they had last week with Trubisky and the way they sort of snuck that game out and got that win. I think it's going to be time to pound the rock and just hope for the best. And again, I like him at home in a script like that. And then obviously if he gets around the five or wherever, it's just going to be a chance for him to pound it in, which he, we know he can. Talk about saving your job in the fourth quarter there. It's so oh, surprised. Crazy. Like so he saw crazy. the fourth quarter. I was just waiting for him to get benched. Yeah. I'm with you. So any other guys? I'll throw out uh, Chris Thompson. Uh, again, he stays at 4K, which is the bare min uh, at running back. 
Jacksonville did not really need to utilize him at all. Uh, he only got 12 snaps, but I think in situations where Jacksonville is coming from behind, uh, which I expect that to happen versus Tennessee, uh, that we could see a ton of snaps for Chris Thompson, um, especially in the second half. So at 4K, he's definitely going to be in my player pool. Uh, he, let's see, how many targets did he get last week? He only got two targets, caught both of the balls. Um, yeah, I, I think I think in this spot, you know, if they if they do lose by a touchdown or they're coming from behind most of the game, he's gonna his workload is gonna be uh, heightened. So yeah, I, I like I like uh, Chris Thompson for sure. It's a leap of faith, but it's going back to what we were expecting last week from a game script, right? Like that we didn't see. So James Robinson was clearly the guy, but like it was a completely different script than what we were expecting. So um, if we get that same script where they're down, um, you know, everyone, he's already out of favor. No one's going to look at him. He's going to be completely unowned completely. And uh, so I, I get that for GPPs. So that's a, and it's that's a connection with the, Yeah. Oh, I was going to say exact same thing. The narratives don't go away. If we just talked about this narrative with Gruden last week, why does that disappear in a week? But like you said, Brett, nobody's going to be on him and it makes perfect sense for, you know, Tennessee just to tear him up and then him to be the guy to come back the other way. It'll be interesting to hear your thoughts on LaVisca later. He got a little bit of work last week there. And, and I think he's 4,200 at the wide receiver position as a, what could be a pivot in that range when we get to those guys. But yeah, no, I love your call there. And like you said, the narrative doesn't go away one week later. Right. And we already know the chalk build is going to be paying up at running back uh, and going cheap at wide receiver. So if we reverse that and we go cheap at running back, Chris Thompson needs to be in a lot of those builds. Yeah. I like it. Just, just tough thinking that he also needs to, to beat Zeke and Henry and. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, but it's not really that though, because you're one for one, right? So now you're getting yeah. maybe everyone's going to be on Adams when we get to it, but you may now fit Hopkins in who no, not, other people you, couldn't fit him and he just goes off and beats Zeke. And you got right. Julio, Chris Thompson. Right? Needs to beat, Chris Thompson needs to beat the other 4k wide receivers. Right. Whereas it's one to one. You know, the, exactly. Yeah, the 7,500 wide receivers need to beat the 7,500 running backs, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I was just thinking opportunity cost, but I hear you. Um, San Francisco 49ers. All right. Um, I have a couple takes on this game. Um, this is not my strong take. I think uh, Mostert is in play um, just because he looked amazing last week. Now, do we think it was because – I think it's easy to say that Coleman um, didn't get many snaps because of uh, the sickle cell and the and the, mm-hmm. the wildfires and, and the air quality, but, like, is that for sure the case I don't know because like he was active, he, he played and um, coach speak after the game was uh, basically Shanahan said that, um, you know, most Raheem just earned it. Um, He's talked about how he earned it last season and came on at the end and just earned that starting role. So it kind of made it sound like he is the guy I get it. It's risky, but like, it's also um, a game where they should be able to beat this completely awful uh new york jets team um and you know who doesn't who's now lost jamison crowder out Le'Veon bell's gone they just have no offense whatsoever so like the only problem with that is i have another take that we'll get to when we get quarterback i actually think i might as well say it now but i actually think that like uh jimmy g could win gpps because what did i say last week like last week it was like nobody's talking about 
uh, Josh Allen because it's this low total game against the Jets, but he's really, he's walking into the nut matchup against the, what's supposed to be the worst secondary in the NFL. And I believe that they are the worst secondary in the NFL and they have a tough rush uh, running defense, rushing D. And so the ultimate pass funnel is like everyone has always liked to say, but it's true. And now, so that totally works against most are, but like the fact that they're probably not going to need to do much. It might just be, he gets a ton of volume in this game and hits the end zone and no one's going to be on him. So I think that's one way to play it. Like, um, but we'll get to Jimmy G later, but any, any interest for you guys? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would just say most air for me is probably going to be, uh, I'm going to avoid cause I, I think he did get a ton of workload due to the situation of, uh, Tevin not playing because of their quality, uh, the sickle cell trait. Um, and totally right on the same page with you. Uh, this jets D line is legit. And I think they can stuff the run, uh, you pass on them. There's going to be no Kittle. I'm more likely leaning towards uh, past receivers here. Yeah, the only yeah the only only caveat there is what receivers do we, yeah. what receivers do the 49ers have right like so that's yeah. the that's that's like my my mill I'm like if you like I was just talking in, in uh, Discord to some people I was like you want to win you want to win GPPs this week you know like look at G, look at Jimmy G and figure out who to pair up with him. Um, but maybe it's as easy as they just feed the rock to uh, Mostert over and over again. Who knows? Might be Jordan Reed, baby. It's, uh, it's yeah, probably Jordan Reed, Brandon Ayuk. I'm with you on those takes. I was going to bring up Jimmy G, so I'm glad you did. But that Mostert thing, you had me have a look at it. And I forgot. Uh, I did hear the stuff about Kyle Shanahan talking about him after the game. It wasn't to do with just the sickle cell thing. It, I mean, that's probably coach speak. It probably was, to Brett's point. But at the same time, he did talk about what he earned last year. And I forgot about the run that he went on with, like, 11 touchdowns over seven games or something, including the four touchdown game against green Bay. And then it was like a streak of six games in a row with at least a touchdown. Every game that he got 10 carries or more, he was getting a touchdown. So, I mean, and then enough yards and some catches too. So I actually don't mind that call for tournaments. I, I do like that. And you know, like you said, Jimmy G who will be a good segue because we're getting into quarterback now is a, is a good guy to go with as well. Probably Jordan Reed and, and Brandon Ayuk would be the guys with Samuel still out till I think week four. Yeah, so that's enough running back plays. There's plenty of there to uh, throw in your lineup. So let's uh, let's move it on over to quarterback. Um, so that's our that's our first hot take of the week um, that we're all potentially interested in Jimmy G. No one's going to play him, um, and we're going to have to uh, figure out who to play with him when we get over to wide receiver. But uh, you guys did just mention Jordan Reed. If uh, Kittle is out, um, that could certainly be the case he's so cheap man that would open up a lot for your lineups right like you just be able to fit anybody you want in um but uh other qbs like we gotta we gotta we gotta talk right about the top right um we gotta talk lamar because like it's you can fit him um it's Mm -hmm. it's a big game um and i mean there's just he's just so damn consistent right like it's just he didn't even have like the monster. He did have a good game last week and he looked amazing, but like, he didn't ha- like, it was a complete route and they didn't really have to do much. And he still went for 27 and a half fantasy points. He still threw for 275 yards, three passing TDs, uh, seven uh, rush, ru- rushing attempts for 45 yards. Um, last year um, against uh against the Texans, he ran for 86 yards. Um, 
certainly uh, had a decent game passing there as well. Um, I expect this game. I think that the Texans put up more of a fight than people are, are projecting at this point. Um, I would hope so. At least I think they have an, a bunch of weapons. It's tough to tr- trust uh, Dimple Chin himself on uh, calling a good uh, game plan, but uh I think they, that this game will be competitive. If that's the case, like Lamar could just absolutely go nuts. We haven't seen like those monster runs yet. We haven't seen him get in the end zone um, and that's coming. And this, this could be the week he's 8,200. It's tough. Like he's, he's not the priority because I don't I always, you know, paying up a QB is never the priority, but uh, if there's ever an exception to that rule, it's for Lamar. Uh, what are your guys takes with him? Yeah, I mean, every time I look at a quarterback, I, I'll instantly look at, you know, wide receiver tight ends optionalities, like the, just what they're coming in for a percentage own. Uh, even though Lamar is going to be highly owned, I, I don't think now that Marquise is over 6K, like I think people will be off him. And that's one guy that I have queued up at um, just check, check ownership levels on Marquise Brown. So I think having um, tournament exposure to this offense, it, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna want that the whole, you know, all, all 16 weeks. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm gonna have a ton of love for Mark Andrews. Still, I don't think Lamar can buoy two receivers like he did in Week One. So, I mean, I'm fine with uh, rolling out a, a naked Lamar. I hate rolling out uh, naked, you know, quarterbacks without a wide receiver or tight end, but, you know, just because of the lack of correlation. But, I mean, Lamar is the ultimate guy that can, you know, get two to three touchdowns on the ground. So, yeah, I'm going to have plenty of exposure to him. And I think based upon ownership, uh, you know, both Marquise Brown and Andrews will be still owned, but uh, I kind of like where they're coming in right now, right around the 10% range. So, um, yeah, I, I like I like stacking this game, and we saw what Houston did on the way, you know, with uh, with Will Fuller. I mean, they gave his route tree just like expanded it, so his A dot was a lot lower, a lot more targets, um, and for the ownership that you'll get, uh, I think this makes it an easy game stack too. Um, what you got, Tambo? I mean, they're my squad, but and this you'll play this clip on Monday and tell me I'm a fool, but I just, I can't use him. I think every, you might, I know he's super consistent. He's a great play. Like I said, in single game or single entry, use him naked because he just locks in those points. Like what we did in cash all last year, you just play Lamar, play CMC, and then try and do, see what you can with the injuries and inputs to try and get Michael Thomas in there. This is different. His price is now up there. He's 8,200. I know it's probably still too cheap and he could be 9k, but he's not garnishing enough ownership that it's, it's going to worry me. Like I need to have some of this. The stack is completely expensive and he just never get, you know what I mean? Like it's, what is it? Uh, two games last year over 35 or something, maybe three. And so he almost needs that. And that'd be amazing at 8,200 8, still, but I'm just saying there's always going to be a $5,900 guy or some of these guys. We've got Kyler Dak, Matt Ryan, like Tom Brady. I got all these guys, even uh, Watson on the other side, 6,400. They're just so much cheaper that it can go that way. And I just don't see it working for winning something like the Millie maker or that, like I said, if you're going to play a Thunderdome or a three K and you want to lock in the 24, 25 points with upside, that's what you do. But I'm not using them uh, in tournaments because I just don't care. I'd rather, I'm still in on your take with Marquise Brown. and, And I like that. I like Fuller. I like using some mini stacks there, even Andrews at tight end, but there's just so much value on this slate that you could say, use it to pay for him, but there's those running backs you can use it on as well. There's, there's other positions and there's just so many quarterbacks I like here. Uh, another quick note, because we just talked about 
uh, grab Jimmy G and what we're going to go to with the plays there. But Kittle's officially out. Just got announced. All right, Jordan Reed Chalk, come on down. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so I'm, what I'm just going to say quickly at last about uh, Lamar is that like we're going to get like his passing looks so on point this season. Um, it's going that he looks to be much improved. That he's we're going to get those. We're going to get a 300 yard passing bonus and a hundred yards rushing bonus, which he did have last season when he uh, played Tennessee, but uh, he only threw for one touchdown, had no rushing touchdowns. If you throw some touchdowns in there, like he's going to like just absolutely smash. And so like, and I love pairing him with, I don't like pairing him with Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown this week after the, after the, uh, the price increase and um, more so that not that like Roby is someone that we really have to completely you know, he's a, a shadow lockdown corner or anything, but like he kind of is, he, he just blanketed Tyreek. Um, and uh, I think that like, it just makes it easy for, for Mark Andrews in this situation. So I think that's an easy, easy stack pairing um, that I like, but uh, I get it. He's expensive, but the thing, another reason that you can play him is that we have so much wide receiver um value opening up and now we got Jordan Reed at tight end opening up. Like it's just, it's just another week where we can do it. Right. Yeah. It's a contrarian move to your point, but it's just like I say, you're subbing out now one of Zeke, one of Adams, one of uh, Henry, any of those guys we talked about. So it's a, it's a way to be different and that's what we're here to talk about. But for me, like I said, I just see so many other cheap stacks that will work out great. I think that I can use all those other, what we just called sort of not lock plays, but guys that we love at those positions that why would you go any different? And what else would you expect? Yep. So uh, the next the next play that I like um, the most, I mean, so we'll get to it in a second. Dak is going to be popular. Uh, I'll be interested mm-hmm. to hear your guys' takes on that. Um, but the guy that I love is Kyler Murray. So basically, Murray looked awesome last week in a tough matchup against the 49ers. Um, what stood out to me most when I was researching it and uh, writing him up um, was that he dropped back to pass 51 times and, um, and 30 of those were no huddle um, had a monster rushing game, 91 yards and a touchdown on uh, 13 rushes. Five of them were designed. Eight of them were scrambled uh, per pro football focus. Um, and this Arizona offense is up tempo and looked to be clicking. All right. And now they get a, a solid matchup uh, against Washington who definitely has a good front seven and pressures. Well, that we saw what they did against uh, Carson Wentz, but has an exploitable secondary um, are not good on the corners. So those quick passes to um, Deandre Hopkins uh, are going to be there um, quick outs, get the ball out. Also um, I think if, if they do have such a good front seven, they are going to be putting pressure um I think that sets this, the stage for, you know, Murray to, to scramble a lot in this game and to potentially break for some big, big plays. Um, he's basically has a plethora of weapons. Um, Christian Kirk is really uh, interesting to me just because like, he's that out of, out of favor play that, you know, that he, I, I, I believe in still, and uh, he's cheap. So it's easy to make some, some really like high powered stacks 
And um, as I mentioned earlier in the show that Washington is playing faster. They played a much faster. So this game projects to play at a super fast pace. The prices are, are right. You get the rushing upside. Um, I, I think that if things break your way, you could put up a monster day. Um, you guys with me? Yeah. Go ahead, Brett. Yeah. I mean, uh, basically everything you said, um, I like, I mean, they, they played San Fran, super tough uh, D line. Um, I think I read something on pro football focus that he had only an average of two seconds in the pocket two two seconds flat in the pocket. And then he was out. Um, and you're right. Washington D line, uh, pretty strong, uh, performance in week one. I, I don't mind that, you know, I want it. I want Kyler Murray to use his legs. So kind of agree that they're soft in the defensive backfield. And, uh, I mean, one guy that I have written down for bounce back is Christian Kirk. So if people are down on, uh, Christian Kirk's role in week one, his target his targets, obviously I'm mean, almost everything went to D hop. I kind of want to get some exposure to Kirk for sure. So this is definitely a, a, a stackable game. Um, I have uh, snaps and pace. Um, Washington actually ran quite a bit of a no huddle, it looks like. Um, so even bringing it back with uh, Terry McLaurin and Steven Sims, yeah, I, I, I like this quite a bit. So, Yeah, he sounds like uh, Lamar Jackson for $2,100 cheaper, so I'm in. <laughs> like I said, he's sort of my, my favorite guy on the slate for sure. Uh, I know he looks, even on uh, lineup HQ now, I'm seeing he's going to be the most owned, but – probably for good reason. Uh, the price just seems extremely wrong. Like when you think about what he did, he put up the same score as Lamar did last week. And Lamar had a pretty great game. Like I said, he left some things out there. It's my team. I'm watching them. They blew him out, etc. I'm just saying this is just a, a bad, in my opinion, a bad price, 6,100. And this is where, like you said, there's ways to be a little bit different. He can run it in. You can do, you know, a little bit unorthodox and, and stack him with the guy you mentioned earlier, Kirk, you can put him with Drake. That front line comes running. Not only does he scramble some, but he can also check it down now to a guy like Drake he can hit a guy like Kirk. I mean, that's a super cheap stack. And then, like you mentioned, Brett, use a guy like McLaurin. Last week was kind of popular, didn't pan out. Uh, Gibson, last week was popular, didn't pan out, but still caught balls and had chances. Like, he had a bunch of touches. So there's a way to stack this game up and, and be a little bit more excited. I'm still in on Dallas-Atlanta. Um, a little bit different take for that. So I'll, I'll switch to that real quick just for two seconds, Kirk, and flip it back to yeah, you. Yeah, go for it. One thing I like to do, and this is just for you know large field tournaments especially, but Dak is showing up right now around 11%. Ownership, Matt Ryan at 6. I know Dak is the better play. To me, at least, he is. But for half the ownership in the same game environment, in the, if you're spec- what's the number one correlation that we only really get to use in a super flex type of game is quarterback one versus quarterback one. Of course, we can't use that in the games we're talking about here, but the idea would be, if Dak has a good game, you'd think Ryan would not only have a good one, but at least have the chance to have a good one. So I really do like using Matt Ryan in some of these stacks as a way to get different. Use Matt Ryan with, you know, Julio and Hurst to bounce back, and then use Zeke on the other side. And while everyone's using Dak with his passing options, I think you're, you're leveraging the field in a huge way. And it's, like I said, it's not saying that Ryan will score as much. Maybe he scores a couple points less but you get it in a different way because now you stack the game up differently than everybody else. And you're still stacking the super popular game stack just in a unique way. So I really do like that in that game as well. Yeah, uh, I agree. I don't really want to play Dak. Um, I get it, but like his, his price is creeping up 6,800. Now the matchup is great. And he's got the, the full arsenal of passing weapons. Uh, Amari Cooper's a little banged up with a, some sort of foot issue. Who knows if that's, real or not or what 
Um, I think we have to assume that he's good. Um, and they got uh, CeeDee Lamb and uh, Michael Gallup. But, like, this is still Zeke's team. They still want to feed Zeke, and he should have success. And Atlanta is is pretty decent against the, the run, but they, they've been uh, – a real great source of production for running backs in the past forever, as long as I can remember. And um, mm-hmm. Zeke's going to eat either way in this game. But like, so what's like the range of outcomes in this game? Like it's, there's a, I could definitely see Zeke going off for like a two to three touchdown game and just crushing um, Dax, Dax value or some of these receiver values. So that's the way I want to play it. And I agree. I'm on board with Matt Ryan because that just makes perfect sense. The Matt Ryan comeback, we know what he's going to do. He's just going to be slinging the ball, um, hopefully from behind. That's, you know, that's how they, uh, he, he uh, puts up those monster DFS games, gets his 300 yard passing bonus and he's got the weapons right in the passing game. Um, and we've got easy ways to play that. We've got, you know, Ridley, Julio or uh, Hayden Hurst is going to be uh, overlooked um, to some degree this week. Um, so I, I like that, but, um, other than those chalky options, because everyone's gonna be on the game. Um, what stands out to you, I guess, let me, let me find my boy again. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Josh Allen, 6,700. I'm just, I'm just a uh, Josh Allen Stan. I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know if like I play a ton on Yahoo, and, like, I just think he's a phenomenal play again. I think, first of all, anyone else that's listening who plays on Yahoo, um, I, I mean, I, I, there's, I only have three quarterbacks in consideration there. It's Lamar, it's Kyler, it's Josh Allen. It's because I want rushing production mm-hmm. from yeah. my quarterback. I was just going to say, there's your, there's your $1,500 less Lamar, another one. And he, I'm on him too, so go ahead. Yeah, so, like, the, the thing is, so, like, what did we say – what did I say last week? I, and he's coming in with the nut matchup. He's got a – uh, real weapons this this time. He's not playing a, a bunch of scrubs. It's, he's got Stefan Diggs to complement John Brown, um, which opens up you know a lot for John Brown. Um, he's got uh, rapport that's been building with Dawson Knox. He's got um, two uh, good solid run, running backs now. Um, you know one that's somewhat pretty good in the passing game and Singletary. So, and he loves to run and he loves to huck the ball deep. And that's what you want from DFS, right? Like he's going to have games where he sucks, right? And he's going to throw picks or he's going to make bonehead plays. And so you're going to lose, but like you want that upside. And he showed it last week, um, 300 passing yards, two TDs, uh, rushing for 57 yards and a TD. Um, so, uh, the thing is the dolphins have a good secondary, um, they actually do. They've got a, a – it's a much tougher matchup. Um, but they do allow a, um, a ton of uh, – they, they play a, a man-heavy scheme. So that – and that's – they're susceptible to rushing quarterbacks when you play man-heavy. Evan Silva always talks about it. Everyone talks about it. Yeah. it uh, Greg Cosell talks about it. And it's, and it's, it's true. Um, and they just allowed Cam Newton to rush for two TDs last week. Um, and so this just sets up nicely – um, for, for Allen again, um, with, with, a plenty plethora of weapons to go to. So, uh, I, and no one's going to play him. Yeah. Less people will be on him than most. You're right. I think he's yeah showing around six as well. Him and Ryan, like that's, that's sort of the sweet spot for me. I love Kyler and Dak at the top. You know, you guys mentioned Lamar, he's going to have the next, you know, big ownership, but all those guys, Matt, Ryan, Allen, we'll let Brett talk about Rogers after maybe a little bit, but like you said, uh, for me, it was the Cam Newton nugget. 
was one thing. The fact that he just ran all over them, we know that. This is a guy that had 14 rush attempts himself last week. I mean, most some running backs didn't get that. This is Josh Allen, well throwing for 300 yards. And I really know this from last year. You know, it was a Minnesota thing, but he's here now, like you mentioned, in Diggs. And we want Diggs in man coverage, right? That's where he's just going to shake the boots off guys and be wide open. And if, if Allen does his thing and finds that, Diggs is plenty capable, almost like John Brown did last week where he just got it what was it a five seven yard pass and then boom straight to the house for 30 yards or whatever it was a quick run and he's in so I think we could see some of that I'm definitely in on Josh Allen this week and it's interesting on the other side I believe Devontae Parker is another one that is questionable with a hamstring for this week and I've been big on you know I don't play a lot of best ball or anything but I know Preston Williams is popular in that I've always liked his game so uh, I could go run it back and just do a a small stack just do an Allen Diggs run it back with Preston Williams and Let's go. I, I think that'd be a good little mini game stack to have. What's your thoughts, Brett? Yeah, I mean, we got to see Preston Williams uh, quite a bit last year without Devontae Parker, and uh, he was definitely wide, putting up wide receiver one uh, type numbers. So, yeah, I don't mind that. Uh, totally agree again. Uh, I think our our quarterback pools are going to be pretty, pretty similar because, I mean, I'm right on with the Josh Allen. Uh, both of his wide receivers are perfect uh, tournament wide receivers to have in this offense and, and, and the, and the running capability, right? He's, he's a big play uh, waiting to happen, whether it's good or bad. It's just something that you're going to have to live with, with uh, Josh Allen. I mean, man, he's, he's missed some uh, wide open plays, but then, you know, he turns around and just makes like an amazing throw or amazing run. So um, it's exactly the type of guy that you want in a GPP. So uh, yep. I'm right on board with you guys with Josh Allen. You got right, Rodgers we'll, this week? Are you in on him? I want to know your take there because you're a Packers fan. Yep, so I'm leaning towards Matt Ryan uh, over Aaron Rodgers. Very similar style quarterbacks uh, in a spot where, yeah, I do um, I do expect the Packers offensive line to stuff, and Detroit has no pass rush whatsoever. So, I mean, this is going to be another pretty easy spot, I think, for Rodgers. We saw how well he looked in week one. Um, but I think, I think I'm going to just get most of my ownership uh, to the wide receivers here um, and probably stay away. Now, with no gala day, it does kind of tighten things up on Detroit's side, so it makes for an easy and interesting stack if that's the way you want to go. But I think I'd rather actually roll with Stafford, um, you know, ownership-wise over Rodgers and then just buy – buy a, a few pieces of Detroit. I mean, these are, these are basically throw uh, only uh, throw only type of quarterbacks now. So, I mean, Rogers does not run the ball as much as he used to. So I think, I think uh, double stacking Stafford and bringing it back with a Packer wide receiver uh, would be more common in my lineups. I like that. Hmm. One thing uh, Stafford just didn't throw deep. I um, mean, he just doesn't like it. If Galladay's out, that would be, you know, that would, if he's in, that would actually help him tremendously. But um, I definitely like like TJ Hawkinson. And I also like, um, I think this is a overreaction week. Uh, Marvin Jones, uh, mm-hmm. everyone busted with him, but uh, gets a, gets a, a different week and uh, probably a better uh, matchup for him. So uh, I can get get on board there. The last one I want to touch on before we move on over to wide receiver is um, does anyone want to uh, talk about Goff or Wentz? I, w- I want to talk about Wentz, actually. I was, I was thinking you are about to steal my thunder, but I was on him last week. You guys know pretty heavy. I stuck with it. Didn't quite work out. I mean, the guy came out of the game hot. 
that's why I was kind of feeling good, you know, when he first came out. That was with no Lane Johnson, who should be back. I mean, the O-line was quite beat up, and it just didn't look well. You know, as far as Deshaun Jackson, he obviously didn't come through. But that's one of the ones that I was saying at the top where, you know, overreaction is going to be there. Uh, Rieger saw the field. Goddard, who I had as a conviction play last week and liked, you know, he had a great game. Ertz still had a good game. I mean, you, there's a lot of pieces in this game that you can use, and I think it's one of the – it's probably a sneaky stack as far as the week goes. I didn't even look – to see what Wentz's ownership is showing up. But I think it's like nothing right now. Yeah, 2.6%. Uh, you could even use Goff. He throws the ball a ton, uh, drops back and whatnot, and he's right there. So I'm definitely going to be mixing those guys up. I'm not sure if you got any more takes on it, but there's lots of guys you can use in that game, especially now with if Everett's out, you got Higby, you've already got Cup and Woods. There, there's lots of people you can use there. So what's your thoughts, Kirk? Yeah, so like – what interests me about golf, so certainly on Yahoo, where he's like 22 bucks, uh, like I think he's completely cheap. I like this game to be like a sneaky shootout game. Um, we saw uh, with Wentz, we saw like the massive amount of air yards that went to um, uh, Rieger and uh, Deshaun Jackson. We know he likes to swing it. Um, he's going to have a uh, – he gets uh, – did you mention that he gets uh, – What's his name? Lane back? Johnson. Yeah. Lane Johnson's back. Yeah. He's already starting to practice on Wednesday. Yeah, and that's huge for him. Like he, there's like people who have the the split numbers on that. Um, they're just mm-hmm. they're just massive with uh, Wentz's production. So um, I think Goff is going to have to sling it. Now it's not the the best matchup. This isn't the Eagles secondary that we were used to last year because they have Darius Slay now, Nicole Roby Coleman. Um, they added, so they're better. Um, and they also bring pressure, which is scary because we all know how Jared Goff uh, deals with pressure. He sucks. He doesn't. Um, he does not deal well with it. Um, so, but, you know, they're going to have to sling it. You know, hopefully that they can protect him. There's Robert Woods. There's Cooper Cup. Um, there's, there's plenty of options for him. There's, there's Higby, who should have a, you know, a bigger role, especially with uh, Gerald Everett, you know, banging up his back or whatever happened to him. And uh, so it just makes it easy. So there's like a lot of upside in that stack if things play out right for you. And uh, it's just an easy bring back with uh, Deshaun Jackson or Rieger on the, on the other side. Um, There's also Miles Sanders is another way to play it. Um, You know, so there's, there's plenty of big, big upside potential in this game. So uh, I am interested in, in both sides of it. All right. Um, Wide receiver. So, man, we've got a lot of uh, cheap plays. Um, we've got a lot of high-end plays. We've got the the game with the monster total. We've got, you know, everyone's going to be talking about Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, uh, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Um, that's no secret. Like, people expect that game to shoot out. Um, C.D. Lamb is another option. But uh, we do have these injury situations where – you know, there's going to be a bunch of value plays now. So let's, let's just like go down the list of potential guys on under, under 5,000 on DraftKings, right? There's CD lamb. which I just mentioned there's Paris Campbell. Um, mm-hmm. One that's going to be uh, potentially popping now is Brashad Perryman on the New York jets because he played a hundred percent of the, the uh, uh, snaps uh, last week. And uh now they don't have Crowder. So they, they, the only options really in the passing game are Perryman and Chris Herndon. Um, so those are interesting. Those are cheap plays that could, you know, and Crowder certainly paid off. He got lucky um, with that, you know, to, where two Bills defenders ran into each other. 
and uh, he he got loose for the the monster touchdown, but he was still having a decent PPR game. Anyway, um, there's Deontay Johnson. There's Mike Williams. Like these guys are all cheap. There's Christian Kirk. There's uh, who else? Who else opened up recently? Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys. Yep. Paris Campbell, Mike Williams. There's lots of guys in this range that people are on. Preston Williams, which we've kind of touched on already. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so just a, a ridiculous amount. So how? What do you guys? How is it? How are you? How are you narrowing this down, Tambo? Well, Brett, sounds like you got some. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, I'm 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 kind of putting them into different categories, right? Uh, I think CD Lamb is going to be. Uh, highly owned due to the situation, due to getting a piece in the game that everybody wants, right? So I think the big thing is just knowing ownership, right? There's not, there's not a lot. Um, I mean, I, I want to get a guy in a lot of opportunity that's going to be somewhat middle of the ownership out of all these 4K guys. And I, I think Corey Davis possibly could be that guy right now. Um, <laughs> I know Corey Davis has burned in the past, but feel pretty strong about that. And then um, a guy like Mike Williams, I know he always pops on air yardage and whatnot, but I feel like the situation with a new quarterback, um, I, I like that spot. And, and Campbell, are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm losing Brett a little bit. Yeah, we're losing Brett's uh, bad internet connection. Nah, so, no. Brett, we're we're losing you a little bit, bud. Um, so oh, if we'll, we're talking, the- um, all right. So Mike Williams, uh, I know that was the last guy he mentioned. So let's talk about them. I know that uh, he is always at the top of Josh Hermsmeyer's uh, by low air yards model. Um, and but I yeah, think- I think. Hold on, Brett, I we think- lost you. We lost you for oh. a while from internet. So uh, hold one second, we'll be right back to you. And then uh, you pick up oh. your thoughts. But we were just taking over from Mike Williams for you. But uh, he's always at the buy low model, uh, uh, Herms Meyer. But uh, he looked awesome. So um, I can get on board there. But uh, what, what were your final thoughts that uh, we missed? Because we, we missed a good chunk of it. I think he's still cutting out there, but yeah. Uh, t- I mean, I'm with you on Mike Williams. That's one of my favorite plays. Of the yeah, week. I literally have no idea where I cut out. I'm just I, I. All right, keep it going, Tambo. Yeah, I was just gonna say with Mike Williams that you know pretty much everything sets up. You mentioned a few other things, but you know the price is just. You know, another one that just seems off. I don't see enough ownership on him yet because, like you said, it's just the product of opportunity that's there, right? There's everybody around him that people want to be on. I like Deontay Johnson. I like Corey Davis. I like some of these plays down here. But uh, Mike Williams is my favorite by far. Just the game flow, the setup, the fact that, you know, even last week, you know, people were on Tyrod a little bit, get a little bit more practice in with him now. So I, I think it's a good spot to bounce back. He's one of the guys I like. And then to the main point, just of this whole area being so chalky, two things. One, I think the chalk will disperse a little bit now based on other guys being added into the mix. You know, today we brought in Perriman. We just talked about Ayuk. There's all these, you know, weird plays in here that people are going to already try and separate. So it could balance the ownership. Some more, so I do think you should play who you want or who you like, right? It's not pick anyone based on ownership, but play who you like and who sets up well within your lineups. 
And then the second thing is, if you look above it, there is some guys that aren't really popping right now for ownership in Preston Williams. Russell Gage had 11 targets last week and is in that same game, would be a nice pivot off of CeeDee Lamb. I love CeeDee Lamb. He's one of my plays this week. I think that it's just one of those ones you got to go down with, but I'll use him accordingly in those lineups, kind of like what I talked about earlier. But, I mean, there's Danny Amendola. There's Jerry Judy, Darius Slayton. All these guys may not be pretty names, but they're getting opportunities and they're in spots that they should get some chances. So I think there's plenty of ways to differentiate. And then you talked about down below with guys like Kirk uh, and you mentioned a little bit earlier about Rieger as well as the Tampa Bay situation. If Godwin is, or sorry, yeah, Godwin is out. You've got Scotty Miller who uh, Brady was coming on to a little bit there as well at 4,100, no ownership on him as well. So I like him for tournaments also. Yep. Um, So I, I categorize those guys like, CD Lamb, like, looks explosive, right? Like, great route runner. They can't keep up with him. Has that huge mo- – like, I want my guys in this range to have monster play potential, right? And so he's one that checks that. So I think he's, he's there. Now, there's also many ways for him to fail, right? Because there's, there's plenty of mouths to feed in that game. We've already talked about that. But, like, he could break one. Mike Williams always gets those deep, long targets – Problem is it's it's Tyrod Taylor, um, so he's not the the most competent quarterback, especially for the deep ball. But um, he looked phenomenal. Um, if there was anyone he had rapport with, it was him. Um, then, but uh, Jerry Judy, you mentioned, love him um, because he's just like C. E. Lamb. Looks absolutely explosive. Great route runner. Had some bad drops. But like you, that's just like nerves, first game, whatever under the lights happens. The the potential is still there. Tough defense, tough matchup, but the potential is still there. Deontay Johnson, another guy who was had some really bonehead drops in the beginning and looked really bad, and then just shook it off and and ended up uh, salvaging for a, a really good game. Got uh, ten targets even when he wasn't playing well in the very beginning, and uh, is has plenty of potential. So those are like the guys of the monster upside. Chris, Christian Kirk, we know has monster upside, like in the years past. Yes, things have changed a little now that there's Hopkins, but like he could certainly go take one to the house, um, be caught in a monster deep ball. So that's the kind of themes I want for, for these guys. Like Rashad Perryman, sure, I'll play him. Paris Campbell, actually he's kind of halfway in between. I think he is kind of explosive. A guy that no one's talking about, Darius Slayton who looked phenomenal. I think he has that big play potential um, has certainly has the connection with Danny Dimes. So like, that's just all I'm, I'm kind of looking for. Um, Brett, you're back with us now. Yeah, hopefully, man. I, I have no idea where I got cut off there, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you guys have kind of hit on everybody here, but you know, a guy like CD lamb uh, last week, he was, he was being guarded by uh, safety and linebackers like 40% of the time. So that's the nice part about getting a guy in the slot. And we know how bad Atlanta is against, you know, slot guys. So, I mean, based upon what we know with his pedigree uh, and everything, I really, I really like CD Lamb. Curious where all this ownership is going to end up. So, I think I'm going to rely really heavily on ownership numbers. Um, but yeah, from there, it's just like I'm grabbing pieces all over. I don't think I'm going to be very heavy, you know, heavy on anybody, but um, guys like CD lamb, Corey Davis, I think I'm going to be probably a little bit overweight on um, with all the four K's. 
Um, I think ownership's going to be a huge thing to consider with this group of guys like mm-hmm. this, this because like there's such a wide range of outcomes with all these guys. So try to leverage that the best way you can. Like if, especially to like with like Sean Jackson and Jalen Rieger that we talked about, like, these guys are, they're going to be out of favor a little bit because of the game. And you know, that cause D Jack's busted, but like everyone knows that like the air yards were there, that both of these guys, uh, Deshaun Jackson first in the air yards, 210 air yards. Rieger was, uh, sixth, 144 air yards in week one. So they're first and sixth in air yards. And, um, you know, it's just such an easy stack. So like, and they're probably going to be, you know, a lot less owned than they would have been because of uh, how they performed last week, but also because of all this other value. So just try to, to leverage these spots the best you can. Um, what about in the high end, Tambo? Who's like, who's your, who are your favorite guys? Well, yeah, Adams is the obvious play here. I think it's just, you know, it's been brought up by other people and, and thoughts around the industry already. Twitter, everybody's talking about it, that it's basically Michael Thomas for, call it nine or bucks, thousand bucks less than what you'd expect to see, right? Nine K, you know, all the targets match up. Everything's all there. Aaron Rodgers looks good, loves them. You can leverage it. There's ways to go around it. You don't have to use them with all those values we talked about. You could, you know, we didn't talk about Aaron Jones. If you want to get crazy unique and in this large field stuff, there is definitely ways around it, but he's by far my favorite at the top. Like I mentioned before, I also like Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, He's going to be, you know, way lower owned. And I know Julio also is a good play here, but I think, Hopkins being squeezed between the two of them is probably the way to go. And just, again, get yourself that stack. You've got Kyler Murray, who we already like. You can put it's in too easy. Hopkins. Yeah. It's too easy to do. 7,700, 4,300. And Kyler, uh, what's he, 6,100? Yeah, and the ownership doesn't dictate it, right? Like right now he's looking like 12% owned or something here. So uh, it's not enough to worry about for a guy that also got that many targets and had the ability. And, again, it's a really good leverage play based on the fact that Adams and Julio are both going to be highly owned for good reason. Uh, but, you know, Julio, because of that game stack, Devontae Adams, because of you know just everything, price, who he is, the matchup last week, all of those factors. So I think he's definitely a great play. But this was Brett's point earlier that I loved about, you know, paying up at wide receiver when everyone's paying down. We talked about enough of those running back options that you can make it work. Again, I still think you got to remember to stack accordingly. But there's some ways I like to go about it and, and some ones that I can think of there. And it would be with, you know, Adams – in the stack with, like you mentioned earlier, you could use a guy like Stafford and come back the other way and then still fit in more of these guys like Hopkins. And then again, like you mentioned, with those, with those cheaper running backs, uh, mix them in and around and be able to use them and fit a guy like Hopkins in. And then Thielen is the other one for me. Another guy sort of squeezed between Julio and Ridley there, the two Atlanta guys that just, again, in the middle, I like that game. We like, um, you know, Hilton, who we talked about, being able to, even if you just do a mini stack there, that worked last week with, uh, who was it, with the Green Bay, Adams and uh, Adams somebody and else. Thielen. That, Adams and Thielen. Adams and Thielen worked last week. Yeah, I was just going to say that. So, yeah, you've got uh, Thielen and Hilton could be a way to go this week. So, I, I do like Thielen there at 7,200. All right, last I'm going to mention Kendrick Bourne. Um, we have to – we got to find somebody in this game, right? Like, it's Jordan Reed now that's opened up, but um, there's Brandon Ayuk. Um is he on track to play? Yeah, yeah. I, but I think he is. Go ahead. I think I, I checked a little while ago and it was. Um, and anyway, but like the the main it looks like the main guy is Kendrick Bourne, um, and I don't know anyone else that I would feel comfortable playing. So I and I 
think he's going to be low owned. And like I said, this Jets second secondary is an absolute joke. Adam Gase is an absolute joke. The Jets are an ab- absolute joke. They're going to be a train wreck. They're it's like there are you can already see it. They're just going to like give up on the season, right? Like you can already see like everything just the the whole building burning down. Um, and uh, I expect Jimmy G to 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 crush them th- this week. Um, so Bourne would be my guy, I guess. All right. I used to been practicing uh, the whole week, so wasn't on the injury report. Now he uh, he goes into that category as explosive for me uh, with like Jerry Jude, um, Judy and uh, mm-hmm. whoever else, uh, CD Lamb. So uh, I definitely think that he could he could take one to the house. So he would be in that group of guys that like explosive, cheap, massive upside for right. me. Um, of course, we haven't seen him yet, um, and. Uh, you know, there may not be any chemistry, may not be a big part of the offense and game plan. We don't know, but it could happen. Um, last um, kind of guy that's going to get overlooked, Allen Robinson, um, complaining about his contract, right? Like wants to get paid. Um, there's, well, there's been a lot of talk in the media about that, but like, I don't think anyone's going to play him. Any interest for you guys? I'm probably not leaning uh, towards him this week. Yeah, I think um, we one guy we didn't talk enough about and this still goes back to this, but was Deontay Johnson. And maybe Brett was talking about when he was getting cut off, but you got Juju <laughs> right there. And uh, that to me is a, a another way that, like I said, you pay up instead of pay down. Like Juju just crushed last week. It's not like it's a, you know, a super tough matchup. And I think he's going to be okay here and he's not going to get any ownership after, you know, that's the funny thing about NFL. It's the same in PGA. When a guy wins one week, there's no way he can do it next week. But football, you know, is almost the same way. Someone has two touchdown week, and then the next week no one wants to play them for some reason because how could they do it again unless you're a guy like Devontae Adams. But, I mean, uh, Schuster, Juju Smith-Schuster at 6500 is a great price. I think Allen Robinson would be a nice little guy there as a leverage play as well. And, and like I mentioned earlier, I don't want to go back to play Trubisky or anything like that, but, you know, you've got that situation setting up. You could have like a Trubisky-Robinson and use either Slayton, who you mentioned, or use uh, Barkley who we talked about on the other side and just run it that way. And so I don't hate it for large field stuff, but it certainly won't be something that I'm high on. I, I like Juju a lot more right there. No one's going to use. And even Diggs, who you mentioned as well. All right. Yeah. Last... And I'll, I'll, throw out one, I'll throw out one more guy. I know Tambo loves the narratives. Uh, Kirk, you're yeah. big on narratives. Uh, Bruce Arians said that he wanted to get Mike Evans more involved. Uh, says he needs to get him at least 10 targets. Obviously now with – with the injury situation and even, even Arians calling out Tom Brady. I mean, this is a spot where, I mean, I know our, um, our projection ownership isn't updated right now with all the injuries, but we currently have Mike Evans at only 7.9%, which it's gonna, seems it's really gonna, low. It's going to be like when Evans played the giants and went and broke the slate the week that I yeah. played Godwin. I, I remember that week. Um, I think yeah, and this were, is just you, you had Evans. I remember. Um, yeah, this, this is a way to obviously pivot off like all the chalky Dallas Atlanta guys that are at the similar price right there. Um, it's going to be interesting. There's so many good plays that I don't think anybody's going to really take like a high ownership. So I think you just got to plant your flag and go with, you know, go with your guys. Um, I think Mike Evans, though, makes a lot of sense in in certain stacks um, if this game were to shoot out. 
right. I don't hate that. And we didn't talk enough probably about Brady earlier. I know we're, you know, so much injury stuff to to hit on, but I I like that. And I had a take at tight end last week. You got, I got my call, right? I knew that troll touchdown was coming with OJ Howard this week. My my call is actually, and I'm glad you brought up Evans because it just made me think of this now of getting some of these in there is that I think it's going to be Gronk week. I think we're going to flip it this week and we're going to go back and see Gronk get used more and Brady, you know, trust him, go back to that. And then you could use him with Evans. And we've seen stacks like that work in the past, only it was Amendola mixed in instead of Evans. And I think Evans has a way higher ceiling. So if you go Brady, Evans, and Gronk, who's still kind of cheap, there's a bunch of values at running back and wide receiver. You could even fit in CMC and get the other values just to plug in there. Lots of values to plug in. So, and it would be unique enough that it doesn't matter the chalk on all the other values. So I, I really like that you brought that up. Um, yeah, I could see that because like, I think Gronk is dust, but like, I feel like this is a matchup where they could just completely do whatever they want. So maybe they get him going, but I also then have the thought of like that they kind of want to preserve him for any sort of like playoff run at some yeah. point. And like, which is what new England did the last time, last season he was there. Like he didn't really get utilized much until playoff time. Um, so I'm kind of torn, but that's a good segue into tight end. But um, which made me ultimately think about, man, like we've pretty much gone all show without even talking about the Chiefs Chargers. Right. So like that just shows me how they're going to be like yep. completely low owned. Right. Um, is to, are we overlooking them as a, like, I get it that like you people aren't expecting the Chargers to put up points because they looked so pathetic last week and uh, we didn't bring up Mahomes at all you know yeah it's crazy we didn't bring up Mahomes we didn't bring up Tyreek and I get it there's there's Chris Harris Jr there's Casey Hayward there's Desmond King there's mm-hmm. like this is a good defense but like this is still the Chiefs man this is this is like the true cheat code and offense like with all the weapons so like and I was thinking about it because of tight end because I immediately I was thinking about Travis Kelsey um so uh what are, are we missing anything, Tambo? Here, oh, uh, probably. I mean, you may you sell me on it a little more than what I was thinking already. I guess, like you said, it is the cheat code. Uh, you know, for my hate on Lamar, it would almost be. I guess when I did expert survey, everyone was talking about Lamar, and I was thinking about you know that's too easy. I'm just going to say be off of this offense with uh, Patrick Mahomes and the guys just because it's so expensive to stack. And you just heard the reason we didn't talk about it is because of all the other phenomenal stacks. But like you said, if you're talking about best offense, unstoppable. In the NFL, I mean, we did talk about CEH, Brett and I like. We talked about Mike Williams, pretty much all of us like. I like that mini stack a lot more to still get a piece of this game. So I think that's more what you bring to the forefront. And to my mind, uh, you know, Kelsey's fine. But it's just, again, when you go up to 7,000, again, tourney takes pod. It's going to be unique. It's a way to get there. But it's just you got to remember what that does to the other spots. And there's already, I mean, Jordan Reed just opened up at $2,600. You've got... Hayden Hurst, I like a bounce back at 4,600. You've got uh, Dallas Goddard and, and Ertz somehow got cheaper at 5,600. Well, Goddard went up, sorry, but, but Ertz got $200 cheaper and still they're cheap. Higby, if Everett's out. Uh, just so many. John U. Smith as the ultimate pivot. And I'm giving away all my plays to maybe speed it up or what. I don't care. But Tyler Higby uh, without Everett was one. And then Hayden Hurst, or sorry, uh, John U. Smith as the ultimate pivot in, you know, we talked about Humphreys, Davis, all the possibilities in Tennessee. John U. Smith, you know, when he gets the ball and can take off with it, I, I like that. And then Mo Ali Cox, we talked about Doyle being out, another guy, and Rivers loves his tight ends. So, like, there's literally so, – and Logan Thomas. I don't, don't forget him. So, I just named every tight end. So, 
you guys do your work now, but you know what I'm saying? It's tough to get to this to answer your question. Yeah. Brett, uh, who are you thinking at tight end? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of want to hit up on your Travis Kelsey, the way you started it up. I mean, this is a spot where I, th- I think Chris Harris is now exclusively playing out wide, right? So we do not want to test out Casey Hayward or Chris Harris with Tyreek or Sammy. Um, I mean, Tyreek can win in any situation, but the Chargers uh, stuffed them both, both times last time. So Kelsey makes total sense here in a dominant uh, secondary. Um, you know, I don't, I don't even know, like, you know, would they, would they possibly put a corner on Kelsey? I, I don't know. Um, but I, I feel like I would have uh, more interest in Kelsey uh, now that you brought that up there. Um, but, yeah, still, still have a ton of love for Mark Andrews up top if I'm paying uh, all the way up there. Um, Herndon probably staying away from Herndon now that we've gotten all this other wide receiver uh, value. John U. Smith really makes sense. Um, better price over on FanDuel. Um, but yeah, I, I like him. Uh, Higby, you guys have already talked about Higby quite a bit. Uh, I like him at like a mid tier level. And then like a TJ Hawkinson, a guy that we know, uh, is, is athletic should start seeing even more targets, um, with no Galladay again. Um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of like the guys in mid-tier that I, I like. Um, cheap, cheap guys, um, yeah, I, don't, I don't really know how cheap I'm going to go. We, we, did, uh, we did mention uh, Jordan Reed, and, you know, that's, that's probably like my one cheap guy that I would really go to. But I think most of the 3K guys I'm going to stay away from. Even Logan Thomas I know was getting talked up quite a bit, uh, Herndon. I'm, I'm kind of shying away from those guys now, either paying up or going down to Jordan Reed, most likely. I like that Jordan Reed is going to take over some of that chalk. I'm definitely still – Logan Thomas got like eight targets last week. They should be down. It fits that you know game we're looking at with Kyler and how cheap he is. And if everyone – like he was going to be the highest owned, and now I think it's going to just drop automatically to Reed, and people are going to try and upgrade one of these wide receivers or something. So I'm definitely still in on Thomas. I like the rest, but I do like Thomas there. All right. To me, there's a plethora of plays here. There's, we've got the cheap play. I like Logan Thomas, like you said. I like Jordan Reed. I'm fine with Chris Herndon because I think he's just going to have to get targets. Uh, Tyler Higby, I'm fine with. Like you said, Jonu Smith, I'm f- kind of fine with, but like I'm a little worried about just Derrick Henry you know, eating everything in that game. Um, Hayden Hurst, I think, is a way to get some exposure to that Atlanta-Dallas game, and mm-hmm. um, especially if I'm going to be fading some of the – pass catching the popular pass catching options, which I plan to do. Um, and then Hayden Hurst is a great, great way to, uh, to uh, ruin uh, a bunch of those guys production um, with some end zone touchdowns and, and uh, for certainly priced reasonable. Um, however, the number one guy for me is Mark Andrews. I think it's clear um, came through with two TDs last week in the dream matchup. But what really stands out is that his snap share um, dramatically shot up, which we expected um, because uh, Hayden Hurst gone. But he uh, also ran more routes than any game last season, and uh, which all happened in a blowout, right? Like so, basically all the encouraging signs are there. Um, he went for 74 yards in a TD last year when these t- two teams met, um, and ho- uh, Hollywood Brown, which I mentioned earlier, should end up seeing plenty of Bradley Roby who just held Tyreek Hill um, in check and is Houston's uh, secondary best weapon. 
So um, he's clearly Lamar's number one wide receiver and we get to use him as tight end. So to me, that's, I love it. Um, so if I can, if I can uh, make it work, Andrews is going to be the priority. Um, but all those other guys are there. Um, any, any one guy. Yep. Yeah. One guy that I'll throw out there too. Super athletic dude um, that his, his target share should go up. Snaps were awesome uh, last week. Um, he had six targets, 81 yards and a touch is Noah Fant. Um, yeah. Noah Cortland Sutton uh, at 4,400 tough matchup at Pittsburgh. Um, but I, I mean, talk about a, a, a physical freak at 4,400 that can take one of the house. I think uh, that's, that's Noah Fant uh, at a reasonable price. Like oh, that call a lot. Good that one. reminds me of one last one. If we were overlooking this Chiefs game and we thought about Travis Kelsey or want to play this Chiefs game, which I'm going to start, you know, after this show, I'm giving my, the way my brain works, I'm going to start making Chief line, lineups. And it's just, I, I can already see it now. Um, but uh, Hunter Henry um, basically saw a massive target share. Um, what do you have? Let me look it up. He had a. Eight targets, five catches, 73 yards uh, in the first go around. But uh, the thing is, is that, you know, we Tyrod's always utilized the tight end and he's never really had a really good tight end. He had Charles Clay um, who would get uh, good production with him. But like Hunter Henry is a, is a different level of tight end. Um, and so he's going to go completely overlooked in this game, which, you know, maybe – I'm starting to sell myself that maybe the Chargers can uh, put up some points in this one and this game can can uh, be fantasy gold mine. But, you know, maybe I'm crazy and I'll lose my money. <clears throat> so we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, all right, let's uh, end the show. We've, we've uh, you know, gabbed for a lot longer than we should have as we normally do. Um, but let's uh, – Let's give them the people one final stack, even though we've talked about 800 stacks, but who's your favorite stack this week? Uh, take it away, Brett. Ah, uh, putting me on the spot here. Um, okay. I will let's see. We'll, we'll, we'll go with uh, a stack that I talked about. It was the Arizona Washington stack. So uh, stacking up with uh, Kyler Murray, go to Christian Kirk, bring it back with Terry McLaurin. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. Love it. What about you, Tambo? Yeah, I think it's more secondaries that I talked about a lot of that I like, but if I'm going with just a full, I, I like the Matt Ryan side, even though I'm heavy on Dak, I'm going to make sure I've got enough Matt Ryan the other way. So uh, I like the Matt Ryan with Julio, with Hayden Hurst, and then bring it back with Zeke. Uh, even though I'm heavy on the pass game on the Dak's, Dak lineups, and you can even use Dak with him, I do like the Ryan side for single entry or three max just to make yourself unique and still use the game that everybody wants to use. And uh, me, it's going to be Jimmy G. <laughs> Actually, I'm not going to plant my flag. I'm going to plant my flag with, like, the high-end chalky play that people don't want to play this week, like Tambo said, because he's too expensive and you, we don't typically like to overpay a quarterback because the range of outcomes just aren't as as uh, large as they are at other positions. So, But I still see a monster game and the potential in the making for uh, Lamar Jackson. I think he can – we can get him in relatively easy with a lot of this value. Um, I think we can even pair him up and spending up at tight end, which is also usually a, a tough thing to do uh, with Mark Andrews. Um, we can run it back with either Will Fuller or uh, David Johnson. 
and um, I could even jam in, I'm hoping this is hypothetically because I haven't actually built the lineup yet, but I'm expecting that I'll be able to jam in even at least one of Zeke or Derrick Henry, maybe even both and just go all low, low end wide receivers. I'm not sure if that'll actually fit the salary caps, but I'm going to attempt to do it. But uh, anyway, that's going to be my, uh, my stack. And uh, that's it. Any final words for the people or should we end it? No, let's, let's, uh, let's get that money in week two. Um, I know, I know uh, you guys are, Kirk, you're, you're talking about uh, having a, a bounce back Actually, week here. So. Uh, no, I, I made money enough. I, it's a bounce back week from, uh, from, from sports betting. Degenerate sports gambling on my, <laughs> on my uh, home team Celtics that I really set myself back with. So I've got to make some money. So yeah, this has been the, uh, RG DFS tournament takes podcast and we'll catch you again next week. You're going to make me play some fucking Lamar lineups, man.